0: seated for a moment. I want to just welcome everyone, all CFC members, family, and friends. Glad to see everyone. Glad we've got a few more people here today. We still got room to fit a few more. Hey, Jessica Ross is here, everybody. Hey! <laughs> so we just want to, again, welcome everyone. Suzanne, if you'd put on those french fry lights for me. Thank you very much. We're out of practice a little bit. We missed last Sunday with... Uh, well, who was it? Crystal ball, a uh, uh, little storm there last week. So uh, we got to get back in the swing of things here this week. So just want to remind everyone that uh, as we're in phase two of the reopening uh, of our economy and, and uh, things, we want to just remind everyone that there is no nursery during phase two right now, but the nursery room itself is open as a cry room that a parent could go with their child if they begin crying, watch... Uh, on closed circuit TV there, and you know, once the child quits crying, if you want to come back in, you're more than welcome to. So uh, the, there will be no nursery during phase two, but it will be a cry room. The church van will not run to pick up people in during phase two. Again, uh, they can't safely go to several different houses and load people from defer- several different houses. There's The van's not that big uh, that they could safely uh, sit apart. And then also. Uh, during phase two, we will not have Wednesday nights uh, services. We're still not having. I am shooting for July 8th. If things go good, that'll be the weekend, the Wednesday after the 4th of July. Hopefully, by then we could uh, start to have uh, Wednesday night services again. Um, that's where our youth meet and just uh, the Mary's. What age is that again? Kids club, uh, and three to, 11. three to eleven. Thank you very much. So hopefully there. Stay tuned. on, on uh, we'll let you know about all those things. And uh, as of right now, during phase two, also the church office is only open Monday. Monday's from nine to two. That's when the uh, Sister Wendy, church secretary, will be here. Uh, Pastor Josh and myself are here throughout the whole week. So you could just, if you see us here and you need uh, something, you could just stop and we'll we'll get with you. But the actual office is is only open Monday from nine to two. So just want to remind everyone, please uh, like us on Facebook, uh, Christian Fellowship Church. Follow us on there. That's where we put all our announcements and things of what's happening, what's going on. So if you need a question about it, you can go to Facebook. We, we try to keep it up to date on different changes and things going on. Facebook is the only place that we have the actual live streaming services uh, uh, so if you, if, you're, if you can't make it here in the morning and you want to watch it on Facebook Live, at, uh, you can't watch it on Facebook. We do have a few more apps that you could uh, watch it on, uh, social media things. We do now have a Christian Fellowship Church app that you could put on your phone. Uh, if you go to the Christian Fellowship uh, Facebook page or the website, you'll see this little logo on it. Click on there, and that'll take you to the Ministry One app. That'll connect you to this church service. On that phone app, you could uh, you could give, make your donations there, and they also have the uh, videos that you could watch uh, that are from the past. It won't be a, a live on Sunday morning, uh, but it'll be the old ones. We also have a YouTube uh, channel that we post our Sunday morning services. Uh, to find us on YouTube, you have to type in Christian Fellowship Church, Pastor Scott Cheramy. Uh If you don't want to whittle through 30 million Christian Fellowship churches to find us. So if you type in all that, we should be right around the very beginning when you you pull it up. So those have all the uh, church services there. Uh, New Generations Children's Church uh, will be showing their morning service for kids that are still not coming back yet uh, at 7 o'clock tonight. So you can watch uh, uh, their services. Uh, We don't want any kids to miss out. So New Generations, 7 o'clock tonight. You can watch. Uh, we just want to wish everyone having a birthday that, uh, between now and next Sunday. Happy birthday. Anyone in here having a birthday between now and next Sunday? is going to have a birthday Friday and could pray for Miori. Uh, she was in a water, well, I call it water skiing, a cubing accident, and uh, she's a little banged up, so pray that she just heals up good. We thank God that it wasn't worse than it was, but. Uh, we just want to thank the Lord for that. And also pray for Sarah Spur. Uh, she was diagnosed with COVID, her and her daughter, uh, Lacey. Uh, so uh, I think they had to move her to the hospital yesterday, uh, Sarah, but uh, she was doing good and stable. So just uh, pray for her. Uh, so if you have a birthday, we want to wish you a happy birthday. Well, what about anniversaries? Anyone having an anniversary between now and next Sunday? Who? Scott you, Well, How many years, Scott? 12 years, how many of those happy? All of them, okay, there you go, right answer. (laughs) You got to quiz them, you know, you got to put them on the spot and quiz them. If he, if he would have, he spent, Erica, he did spit it out right away, all of them. It wasn't like he had to think about it, you know, so, all right, anyone else have an anniversary? All right, if anyone online, happy anniversary to you also. This morning, we're going to be picking up our tithe and offerings and uh, as we're in phase two, we're picking up the offering a little bit different, and what I want to just explain in a few minutes, those that are watching online, we want to let you know uh, there's different ways you could give. If you go to that slide, Nathaniel, you could go to uh, our church website, Welcome to uh, CFC.com. There's a giving app on there, or you could use Snail Mill. You can still... Lick that old stamp, put it on an envelope, and mail it in to Post Office Box 1427, La Rosa, Louisiana, 70373. Or you could drop it off Monday here uh, from 9 to 2. So uh, that's different ways you could give. Uh, Now as we're going to give today, uh, what we're going to do is just come bring your offering and place it in this basket. Uh, What we're going to do when we start is we're going to, we need to stay six feet apart, okay? So this is why we're doing this. We're going to start with this half of the church first. You're going to come up here, walk this way, drop off your offering in there. We've got three prayer calls left if anybody wants one. But continue, listen, everybody say the word continue. 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 Let, no, that's not good enough. Let, let's say that again. Continue walking that way and go around the back to your seat so we don't meet head to head. We had a few head-on collisions last time. People missed, so once that side's done... We're going to have this side come up. So this side's going to come this way. And y'all going to, what? Continue walking that way and down. Now, so we need to stay about six feet apart uh, from each other. Five feet, you pushing it. At four feet, we're going to write you a ticket. So so, uh, what we want to do is just go ahead and read our uh, offering scriptures for this morning. Habakkuk 3.18 says, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in my God, my Savior. Uh, Psalms 511 says, But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them, and those who love your name may rejoice in you. And Psalms 31.7 says, I will be glad and rejoice in your love, for you saw my affliction and knew my anguish of my soul. So take your offering in your right hand. And repeat after me today. Say, as I give in today's offering, I rejoice in the Lord and in the power of the Holy Spirit. I rejoice in good times and in bad times. I rejoice when I have abundance and I rejoice when I have lack. I rejoice at all times and in every season. For God works in the darkness and the light in the valley and on the mountaintop although i may endure sufferings and trials i have decided to stand my ground of faith i give today joyfully liberally and sacrificially knowing my god is faithful in Jesus' name we pray amen so as the list is just going to play softly uh something or y'all could all play whatever y'all want i don't care <laughs> uh we're gonna ask this side come on down and continue walking and make your way around so this side of the church first I would have threw so many penalty flags right there, <laughs> boy, 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 boy. Uh-oh. What I need to do is get Erica to come explain that next time. She she uh, can get kindergarten and young children to listen and the things I I mustn't be explaining it right. I mustn't be explaining it right. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But thank you all very much, everyone, for being here today. Uh, what we're going to do is have our call to worship this morning and. Then we're going to continue with our word. Uh, From two weeks ago, I had started a message entitled uh, Spiritual Warfare, and uh, last week we had had the tropical storm that we didn't have uh, service, so we're going to finish that message up uh, today. So let's stand to our feet as we have our call to worship uh, today. This one's a little different, but I I just wanted to share that this month for June. One Corinthians chapter fifteen verses fifty-five through fifty-eight. It says, "Where o death is your victory? Where o death is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law." But I love this is where it all changes. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor is not in vain. Father, we just come to you this morning. Father, we ask your uh, Holy Spirit to be present in this place today, Father God, that you fill this place, Father. Father, I pray that every heart be open to receive your word today, Father. Guys, I pray right now that those watching at home, that your spirit move in their homes as we come to worship you right now, Father. We shout amen, amen. Let's get ready to worship the Lord.
1: better than you alone.
2: we just uh, begin to play and sing this next song. This song is from the book of Numbers, the Old Testament, and it just talks about the blessings of God and passing on the blessings to your children and your children's children for many generations to come. So as we sing it and as you join with us and sing, prophesy and speak over your children and over your families the blessings of God that they're going to go overflowing beyond what you can ever live and see your children do that we just trust God and we believe that God's going to continue to pour his blessings upon us and our children and our children's children and from generation to generation and he's going to continue because of our faithfulness of standing on the promises of God today amen let's just believe for the blessing of God to just be poured out in this time and age that we're living in that God will continue to be merciful and gracious to us. And as we continue to be faithful to Him, He will continue to pour out those blessings and the promises that He's made to you over your children, over your grandchildren, and more children to come. So just sing it with us. Prophesy and declare over your families today the blessings of the Lord.
1: Lord, turn His face toward you and give you peace. Come on, just sing this with me. Worship. Worship.
3: Your family and your children and their children. You want to see your children? May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations. And your family and your children and their children and their children. May his presence go before you and behind you and beside you.
1: Around you
3: and within you, He is with you. He is with you in the morning, in the evening, in your coming, and your glory, in your weeping and rejoicing. He is for you. He is for you. He is for.
2: I've never turned my face. I've never turned my back. And I'm going to continue to fight for you. Because eye has not seen and ear has not heard all that God has in store for you. You have yet to see. You have yet to see what God has for you. Put your whole trust in me. Put your children in my hands. He said, Cast your cares on him because he cares for you. Put your children in my hands. Let me take care of them. Let me carry the burdens. worry about your children God says I've got them God says I've got them parade on the supernatural. Don't look to the left or to the right. Don't be concerned by what you see. Don't look at the eyes of the natural. Look at the eyes of the spirit.
0: I just pray that every trap that the enemy uh, tries to set, every snare that the enemy tries to set would just fail, Father God, that your life would bring uh, uh light into this world, into this darkness world, Father God, that every sin would be exposed, Father God. I believe that's what 2020 meant about, Father God, that that things would come into clear vision of all the things going on in this world, Father God. So we just pray that thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven this morning. Father. We pray that thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father. We thank you for that. In Jesus is mighty precious name amen and amen let's give the lord a hand clap of praise this morning amen 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 you could be seated we just want to dismiss our kids three four and five to their class right now amen glad to see everyone here we have a few more people who snuck in since we started there hey parker how you doing buddy yeah good good all right Uh, There you go, Brother Aaron. Thank you, sir. Amen. Uh, Like I said, just glad to have everyone here. If you have your notes, you can take them out this morning. Uh, I did put some notes back there today. Uh, We're going to continue uh, handing them out again. Uh, We started today. Uh, Still don't have any bulletins because there's still not much going on besides the Sunday morning service with uh, everything. But I do want uh, people to have their notes. Amen. So if you would, take out your notes. We're going to pick up where we left off from two weeks ago. Now, I will quickly review for those of you that might may not have been here uh, a couple of weeks ago, and um, if you didn't watch it online. And also, as I'm going to review the very beginning, if you want more information, we went in in depth and a lot more than we're going to just breeze over this morning. There are some CDs left in the back uh, from that service if you want to pick you one up. There's no cost for any of that. And again, it's always online. So let's just go to the Lord in prayer as we uh, begin this morning. Father, I just come to you right now. I thank you for each and every person that's here today, Father God, for each and every person that's watching online, Father. Father, I just pray right now that each of us, Father God, that you'd open every blind eye to see the truth of the gospel this morning, Father God. I pray that every deaf ear be open to hear the truth of your word this morning, Father. I pray that every mind would be able to comprehend your word this morning, Father. And most of all, prepare our hearts to receive your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone says, Amen. Again, as... uh, This message kind of came about on it was Memorial Day weekend, two weekends ago, and uh, or three weekends ago, and on Memorial Day, I just started thanking the Lord, started showing me some things about uh, remembering uh, in our military those who have died in service. That's what Memorial Day is, uh, is remembering those who actually were killed uh, uh, protecting our nation. And I've always been a uh, I don't want to say a fan, but World War II always intrigued me, that's where my papa, uh, my grandpa well, fought in World War II and different things like that. And uh, so I've always uh, kind of thought about uh, World War II, and that's where we kind of uh, tied this message in a little bit uh, on the spiritual battle, how it does uh, kind of line up with natural battles that we face, natural wars in this world. But the very first thing I want to start with is, is what we uh, Matthew 6.10, which will be on your paper. It says this, Jesus, when he was teaching his disciples how to pray, he he said this uh, in verse 10, he says, Your kingdom come, he was talking to his father, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now notice what he said, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the reason Jesus was saying this, that we need to pray this, is because God's will is always done in heaven. The only time there was resistance, when Satan uh, had pride raised up in his life, he was kicked out of heaven with a third of the angels that were following him. And God's will is always done in heaven, but God's will is not always done on earth. You see, there's, we, we go with God's will on earth, we, we have our will, what we want and then we have the enemy that comes against us, that comes to destroy and wants his will done. You see, the enemy wants this nation to split apart. The enemy doesn't want a nation together. His whole thing, that's where Jesus says, any kingdom divided against himself will not stand. So we we understand that Jesus was teaching them that there is a spiritual battle going here on here on earth. That we have to understand that the Father wants his will done, but he's graciously given us our free will and we have to choose to do his will and not ours even even Jesus himself when he was getting ready to go to when he went to the garden he prayed father not my will but thy will be done so again we talked a lot more about this those those other days and things so last last week two weeks ago if I keep saying last week that's two weeks ago or whatever week we <laughs> done part one. It, it was entitled, if you'd put up that uh, image, uh, Nathaniel, that says battle stations, uh, which was part one was knowing your enemy. And I, I, I love this image of an old Navy uh, ship in World War II. And when it was called battle stations was when they detected an enemy in the area. They'd sound, sound off an alarm and call out battle stations. And it was... Uh, to let all the men know they had to go to their place of responsibility to fight the enemy. And so the first thing we talked about was uh, knowing your enemy. You see because World War II there were many nations fighting and you had to be aware that you weren't actually shooting down one of your own planes. Many you know, they, they don't tell you about that, but a lot of uh, American ships shot down American pilots because they didn't, weren't able to identify them as one of their own. Nowadays, uh, in modern military, every aircraft has some kind of computer thing that, allow, that identifies them to the ship on the radar that it's one of ours and things like that. But back then, you had to know what the enemy looks like. And this is what we need to be sure, that we know what our enemy looks like. And, uh, and first of all, that you know you have an enemy. So uh, this, these things won't be on your notes right now. But uh, 1 Peter 5.8 says this, just to let you know you have an enemy. Uh, it, it says, be alert and of sober mind, meaning self-control. Because look what it says, Your enemy. Not only God's enemy, but your enemy. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy you. And he, he does that because he knows it hurts God. Uh, your child, He says, your enemy, the devil. Who's your enemy? The devil. Prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. That's why we have to stand strong, stay, stand firm, never compromise, never give in. And so we began talking about, well, uh, in, in Ephesians six ten and 12, before, before we begin describing them, it says this, finally, be strong, how? In the Lord, not in yourself. And we'll talk about that a little bit later this morning. But not in yourself. It's not by might nor by power. And those two words were described to a person. It's not in your abilities, your talents, but by his spirit, says the Lord. That thanks I He says, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Whose power? His mighty power. He says, so put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against what? The devil's schemes. For our struggle, believers, our, we are believers. For our struggle, is not against what flesh and blood. Will he? Will Satan use flesh and blood of others to attack us in life? Yes, but this is where he's letting you know you need to know who your real enemy is. It may come in the form of flesh and blood. Remember when when. Uh, Uh, Peter said to Jesus, you know, I'll never let them take you. And Jesus says, get behind me, who? Satan. You see, Satan was using the words of Peter to get Jesus not to go to the cross, not to fulfill the will of the Father. But so Jesus knew it wasn't Peter. He knew Peter loved him. He knew Peter was trying to uh, look out for him. But he knew the scheme of the enemy was to have him not go on the cross. So he was aware of that. So we know that, he says, uh, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. And again, flesh and blood can irritate you. Flesh and blood could offend you. Flesh and blood uh, can hurt you. But it's not our real battle. The way you, uh, the real battle is against rulers, against authorities, and against powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. And we, we kind of explained this a little bit more uh, last, last week or week before last, so you could go uh, get the CD on, on that thing. Uh, so three things. Knowing your enemy. Identify your enemy. Your enemy is the thief. The first thing we talked about last time, and I think I left these on your notes for today. Your enemy is the thief. John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes only to steal, to kill, to kill and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So now when you think of the word thief, what does a thief do? He steals. In other words, he takes from what you have and removes it. So it brings lack in your life. So the enemy comes to destroy, kill, steal, and destroy. In other words, to make you live a life of lack, to take what you have. But Jesus says, I've come that you may have life And have it to the full. Not just life, but to the full. And and I mentioned just that. Do you realize the bookend miracles that Jesus done were both miracles of abundance? Jesus' very first miracle was at the wedding of Cana. Where he turned all the barrels of water into wine. Abundance. More than they needed. His last miracle was multiplying the fish. That it was more than they could bring in. You starting to get the picture? The enemy comes to have you in lack, but Jesus says, I've come that you may have it, life to the full. All right, again, you could, you could uh, uh, get last week's uh, thing and you'll get more information on that. The second thing we, we identified is the enemy is the tempter. The enemy comes to tempt you. Uh, Matthew 4, 3, 4, 1 and 3 says this. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit. This was, again... After Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit came upon him. and says, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be what? Tempted by who? The devil. The devil tempts you. Now, the devil tempts you in your flesh, in, in your carnal self. It, the Bible talks about the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. These are the areas that he attacks you with. He has a specific game plan for your life. He knows your weakness, and that's where he will attack you at. Okay? okay if, 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 I always say the, the example, a weakness is... Um, Or a non-weakness, should I say. Is I don't struggle with eating a peanut butter sandwich at night. I don't like peanut butter. I think it stinks. I think they get peanut butter out of diapers. Uh, That's what it it smells like to me. I can't... ah, ah. If peanut butter is the last food staple on earth, y'all get ready and start planning my funeral. Because I won't make it. I won't make it. But... You know, at night, I don't struggle. You know, I'm, 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 I'm overweight. I wish I could lose some weight. But at night, I never struggle against peanut butter sandwiches. It's not a weakness. So the devil's not going to come up and say, Oh, peanut butter sandwich. It's easy. But you talk a glazed honey bun that got all the icing. Oh, that's where he got me. That's where he gets me every time, you know. And a big cold glass of milk. He, know, he will strategically have a plan to attack you in your weakness. My weakness and your weaknesses may be two totally different things. So he's going to strategically plan to attack you in that way, where your weak is at. He's not going to attack your strong point. And verse 3, he went on to say, The tempter came and said to him, If you are the, the son of God, tell these stones uh, to turn to bread. Again, Jesus had been fasting for 40 days. Think about it. He had not eaten for 40 days. Was the first thing he came? The lust of the flesh. Let's get some food. Let, let's, you're weak right now. You're hungry. Most of us in here, it, some of you probably had breakfast. I don't eat breakfast on Sunday mornings and things. But I don't want to talk, start talking about food. You're all going to get hungry and leave right now. You know, we go, we go, boy, it's been 12 hours since I had my last meal. I'm starving, right? Amen. Let's get away from there. (laughs) The last thing is, we we talked about, was the enemy is the accuser. He is your accuser. And we have to understand because God is a, a just God that brings justice to all sin, that brings justice. He is a just God. Satan is your accuser. Note, notice what it says here in Revelation 1210. Uh, uh, he says, Then I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Now have come the uh, salvation and the power of the kingdom of God and the authority of his Messiah. For the who? Accuser of the brothers and sisters who accuses them before God day and night was hurled down. He is the accuser. He always it's bad enough that he wants to come and tempt you and have you fall and fail. Then the second you do, he wants to r- run up and tell God how miserable you failed him. He's the little tattletale. He stabs you in the back. You, th- you think he's your friend and doing things and he gets you to do this. And then he wants to run and tell God, hey, look what you have done. Punished him. Punished him. You're a just God. But thank God. God, who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. Jesus is there, says, that was in the my blood. It's all in the my blood. So that was three things we said about knowing who your enemy is. And this week we're going to pick up here uh, in battle stations, uh, which is the second uh, part, which is uh, your weapons are powerful. If you put that up there. Part two is your weapons are powerful. All right. God doesn't leave you helpless, a, a, a simple victim here on earth that has no way to fight against the enemy. But we have to know what our weapons are. 2 Corinthians 10 4 says, The weapons we fight with are not what? Weapons of this world. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world, not by might nor power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. The weapons, are not the weapons, on the contrary, the weapons we fight with, notice what it says, have what kind of power? Divine power. His power to do what the strongholds? Demolish, completely destroy the works of the enemy. It has the power, the weapons we fight with, or the weapons you are supposed to fight with, have divine power to demolish strongholds in your life. Now, the wrong weapons, the weapons we like to use a lot of times is our own ability, our own own intellect, our own talent. Everything we could do. But we're fighting, we're fighting a, we're trying to fight a supernatural battle with natural abilities. You'll lose every time. We have to understand that if our, if, That we have to be aware that our struggle is not flesh and blood. So quit trying to fight it with flesh and blood. It's just beating your head against a wall. It's never going to work. Our weapons are not of this world. And so that's what we want to begin talking about. What, What are our weapons? What is he talking about? Number one, your number one weapon is prayer. Your number one weapon is prayer. Unfortunately, most, instead of people using prayer as a first response, they use it as a last resort. When all else fails, let's start praying. See, we should even be praying. You know, uh, Paul had said uh, in Ephesians 6, I believe, uh, around verse 18, said that on all occasions... And in every situation, we ought to lift up prayer. Praying constantly. You know what? When everything's going good in your life, you still need to pray just as much as when everything's going bad. Prayer is a continual weapon that God has given you. Prayer makes God move. Prayer causes God to move in your situation. Prayer is a way of surrendering, saying, God, I need your help. Why do you think the Bible says you have not because you ask not? God wants to move in your, and I'm not talking about getting things, but a situation you're facing that you're trying to do it on your own, but you've never turned it over to God. You're still trying to fight it in the natural where he says this, but it's a supernatural thing going on that you have not because you have not invited him. You have not asked, Father, your will be done in this situation. So I just want to read here from Acts chapter 12, verses 4 through 11. This is Peter was arrested, and it says this. After arresting him, he put him in the prison, uh, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Now, you don't have to take out your calculator. That's 16, okay? Okay. I, I, I had to take off my shoes to come up with the number. But, uh, but four squads of four soldiers, okay? Herod intended to bring uh, Peter out uh, for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison. Oh, I love that next word. I love when the Bible puts that next word in. which seems to be gone haywire, but God turns the situation around. But notice why. He says, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him not just one person the church the body of believers were praying earnestly to God for him notice that it doesn't say just praying it says earnestly that word actually translated into non-stop prayer real real prayer how many of you know vain repetition is not an earnest prayer. Little thing, you know, now I lay me down to sleep. Lord, I pray my soul to keep. Sit down to eat, rub-a-dub-dub, thank you for the grub. And we go on. Right? There is no, that is not true prayer. Prayer from the heart, prayer from the... They earnestly pray for him nonstop. And notice what happens. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church earnestly was praying for him. Verse 6 says, The night before Herod was to bring him the trial, Peter was doing what? Sleeping. How many of you sleep good when you're worried? How many of you sleep good when your world's in turmoil? None of us do. Right? It causes lack of sleep, but somehow Peter's, in prison, in chains, with 16 guards around him, and he's snoring away. See, Peter had peace in his life. He could sleep because he knew his God would deliver him. You see, actually, I think it was in John, it said that Peter would, he would live to be a a long age. So he knew this peace, he says, he was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries took guard at the door. Look, I can't sleep good if it's a little too hot. I can't sleep good if it's a little too cold. But he's laying between two soldiers who probably didn't smell too good. He's got chains on him, but he's able to sleep. Because he had peace. He knew that God would deliver him. It says, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. <laughs> and I got to laugh at this. He struck him on the side. It's like, hey, I'm here. But Peter was soundless. He was so peaceful. He was out there snoring. I think the angel had to kick him in the ribs. Hey, come on, I'm here. What you doing? Let's go. He says Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound in chains, and the sentry stood at the entrance. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. Peter, uh, he struck the angel struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said. And the chains fell off Peter's wrist. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea what the angel was doing was really happening. He, it was, he didn't know if he was dreaming or not. He says he thought he was seeing a vision. They passed uh, the first and second guards and came to the iron gate. This is supernatural. They passed and the guards never noticed. Said it, uh, they, they passed the first and second guards and it came to the iron gate leading to the city and it opened by itself. Now I know that doesn't amaze us now because we walk into Frank's or whatever it is, Rouses is now and the door is open for us. Right? It's a natural thing. But back then, that didn't happen. It, those city gates were, were hard to open. <coughs> and these, the gates just opened by themselves. Uh, verse on here, um, verse 10, I'll just start with that. <laughs> they passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened by themselves and they went through it. When he had walked one, uh, the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and says. Now I know. Without a doubt. That the Lord has sent his angel. To rescue me. He knew it wasn't a dream anymore. He was outside. He says from Herod's clutches. And from everything. The Jewish people were hoping. Would happen. But let's go back to the beginning. He was in prison. And was going to be facing. But. The prayer of the church. Because of the prayer of the church, God sent an angel, took the chains off of him, and set him free. Prayer is a powerful weapon. They didn't try and storm the prison and get him out naturally, they prayed, and God done it. The second one, second weapon you have is praise and worship. Praise and worship. Excuse me. Could have used several things here. Who remembers King Saul? When an evil spirit had entered him, he was angry and all the things. And how did the demonic spirit be calmed down? David came in and played his harp, and Saul would calm down can I tell you I live by that principle if you'd come here during the day when we're working outside I got Love playing on that radio outside blasting the neighborhood I cover this church with praise and worship music at my house if it's not raining I open up my shed and I turn on my radio and I let, I let the praise and worship me. even though I'm not outside it plays all day long because I believe that that atmosphere of worship covers my home and protects my home. Amen. So, l- let's look at 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 21 through 24. Now, Jehoshaphat uh, was getting ready. He was told that nations are coming to attack us. But no- notice what happens. He says, after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing. This is how they're going to do war. Appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army, saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. As they began to sing and praise, the who? The Lord sets an ambush against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Sarah who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. But look, look how it continues on here. They were defeated. But it says the Ammonites and the Moabites rose up against the men from the Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. And after they had finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped to destroy. Notice this. They destroyed one another. The enemy turned against itself and started devouring themselves. They killed themselves. And then it goes on to say, verse 24. When the men of Judah, who had been praising, came to the place that overlooks the desert and uh, looked toward the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. Because they had their praise and worship gone before them. Quickly, number three. Your next weapon is the weapon of declaration to speak. Jesus said, speak to this mountain, to declare, to speak the word of God. Not to just say anything, but declare the word of God. God says his word shall never come back void. In Matthew 4 1, Jesus is the perfect example. He said the perfect example for us. We read a little bit early. He says, when Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, if you are the Son of God, appealing to the pride of life, you know, if you say who you are, he says, turn these stones to bread, the lust of the flesh. He says, uh, Jesus answered him. It is written. Jesus made a declaration. Man shall not live by bread alone alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. But he was actually speaking what was spoke of in Deuteronomy 8.3. When he says, he humbled you, the nation of Israel, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You see, Jesus began declaring and speaking the word of God to overcome the enemy. So we have that power of declaration. Now that's different than this name it and claim it. Things that go around that is just to glorify and think you could get yourself everything. You know, that's not what we're talking about. But it's speaking the word of God over your life for the purpose God has in your life. Amen. Next is a weapon that... If you're not careful, you don't even realize it is a weapon. But do you know the weapon of stillness? There's a weapon of stillness and rest. What is the Sabbath day? A day of rest. God didn't institute that for him. He instituted it for you, his people, stillness and rest. Everybody, well, I'm saying everybody. Y'all weren't in my seventh grade science class, huh? (laughs) I don't know why. Sometimes I just remember certain things in school, and I think it was Mr. Pierce was my seventh grade science teacher. And uh, I just remember to this day, I was fascinated when he started with a stimulus and a reaction, that for every stimulus, something that stimulates it causes a reaction, okay? So if I push something, that's the stimulus. The reaction is it falling. But sometimes when we are, the stimulus is an attack from the enemy, we want to react in ourselves, in our own ability. And that's not what we're supposed to do. We want to fight it on our own. He says, uh, "Say, how many remember Abraham and Sarah trying to have a child? They stayed still as long as they can. then Abraham's wife came out with this plan. And this is why I don't think Abraham was all so bright. She says, why don't you sleep with my handmaiden and have a child? And I want to tell myself, Abraham, you don't see any issues there with your wife later on? (laughs) There's going to be some issues. And we all know the mess that came out of that. But because they did not wait. On God They tried to do it out of their own natural ability. So let, let's look at a, a few scriptures here. In Exodus chapter 14, verses 13 and 14, Moses answered the people, "Do not be afraid, stand firm, meaning don't compromise, and you will see the deliverance of the Lord, that you will see that the deliverance the Lord will bring you today." The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. And what he told them, you need to only be still. You need to only be still. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. But those who hope, uh, are, and actually some other versions say wait, but actually the, 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 uh, the Hebrew word It accounts for all those words. Those who hope in the Lord or those who wait in the Lord. It's actually one Hebrew word that encompasses all this. Those that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on uh, wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Those that wait on God for wait for God. You see, you may not think God's working, but he's always working. You may think, God, what's going on? I don't see it happening. That doesn't mean he's not changing. that he's working on people's hearts. He's working on different things. And we just wait upon him. Then lastly, no, not last, fifth. It's faith. The weapon of faith. The weapon of faith. The Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Romans ten seventeen says, consequently, faith comes by hearing the message. And the message is heard through the, word, through the word about Christ. You see, your faith can grow. God gives us all a measure of faith where we're able to accept Christ, but your faith can grow. Can I tell you the more tests and trials you go through in life and you come out victorious on the other side, your faith grows? right? You, you begin believing that God, you know what? Maybe God is true when he says this. Maybe God is. You know, when you're in the midst of it, it doesn't seem like it. But having faith. What, what did Jesus constantly tell people, including his disciples? O ye of little Faith is a weapon. We live by faith, not by sight. Amen. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We live by faith, not by sight. Sight often contradicts what we should believe in faith. Faith is being sure of what we hope for but do not see. And lastly, but the most important one, your last weapon is is the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ where we need to cover our families, cover our friends, cover our churches, cover everything with the blood of Jesus Christ. Revelations 12, 11 says they triumph over him, the enemy. How? By the blood of the Lamb, who is Jesus, and by the word of their testimony. So the blood of the Lamb, covered in the blood of the Lamb, the power of the blood. The power of the blood can heal your body because by his stripes we are healed. You see, his stripes caused the blood to cover his back. And because his back was covered, we can be healed. There's power in the blood. Your finances could be healed because his hands had nails driven in them. Your hands represent your abilities, your talents, your work, what you could do. But the blood covered his hands. So it covers you, your abilities, your finances and things. You could be healed of your emotions because when the crown was placed on his head, the blood covered his brow. And you know how they say that you can look into a person's eyes and see what's really going on in there. Your emotions could be covered. And lastly, your thoughts. His blood, his head was covered in blood. And your thoughts could be healed and brought right. Because we have the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. We have many weapons that God instructs us to fight with. Cover your family with the blood. I speak the blood of Jesus over my family, protection over everyone. There's many weapons we are to fight with, but it's not in our natural abilities. You see, we are to fight this spiritual warfare using spiritual weapons that he has given us. All, five, all six of these are weapons we need to use and activate each and every day. And that's how we'll see victory. It's not by your might. It's not by your power. But it's by his spirit that we see total victory in life. Amen. Let's stand to our feet as we close in prayer. Father, we just come to you today. And Father, I just cover this nation with the blood of Jesus Christ right now, Father God. Father, we believe, Father God, that you are going to do great things and bring great revival about in this nation right now, Father. Father, I just pray for all this unrest that's going on in the nation, Father God, that it would come to pass and that your spirit would begin to break out in these uh, things that are going out, Father God. Father, we already see different things. The media isn't showing it. But there's many times that spontaneous worship is breaking out, Father God. And I just pray that your spirit would flood this nation, Father God. Bring this nation to its knees, Father God. And that we lift you up as one king, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you all for coming out today. We're glad to see you all. We'll see you next week. Amen.